Hello, my friends. Interesting show today. It's sort of pitiful at the same time. Four liberal cabinet ministers trotted out to say that Tucker Carlson is just a meanie. And can he stop being so mean? I don't know if this will work. Nothing else seems to stop through those free fall in the polls. Hey, I'd love it if you could see the video of these whiny liberals. Um, and to do that, you need to subscribe to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this podcast. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe, eight bucks a month, and there you have it. And besides great content every day, you support Rebel News because, you know, we don't take a dime from government, and it shows. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, not one, not two, not three, but four Trudeau cabinet ministers complain about Tucker Carlson's visit to Canada. It's January 26th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Hey, you know, Tucker Carlson is funny. I mean, he's got a sense of humor, like Donald Trump is funny. And they both use humor to tell a story wonderfully. And Tucker knows the tyrants don't like to laugh. I mean, Tucker loves just to prick the fancy people. He says Ottawa instead of Ottawa. Whenever he does that, a chorus of mainstream journalists says, it's Ottawa, not Ottawa. Yeah, he knows that. Although, as he pointed out in his speech uh, in Alberta, uh, apparently the Aboriginal way of saying Ottawa is Ottawa. You know, no tyrants like to be made fun of. I'm reminded that Solzhenitsyn, the great uh, critic of Stalin, was sent to prison because of a joke. In just some private letter, he called uh, Stalin the whiskered one, which apparently was too much mockery for Stalin. He was sent to the Siberia for that. Ayatollah Khomeini, the original uh, tyrant in the Islamic Republic of Iran, he said there's no joking in, in Islam, and he meant it. I think it was Orwell who said, every joke is a little revolution. Um, now, those are the tyrants themselves who think of themselves as very serious, almost godlike, and so you must not be able to mock. But of course, the tyrants have different layers of courtiers around. Uh, and, and those courtiers who do the bidding of their tyrants, they know a joke's a joke, but they pretend otherwise because they know that there's no mocking power. So, for example, when Tucker said that his mission was to come to Canada to liberate Canada, no one actually thought that he meant they were going to break chains and kick us out of jail because we're not actually in a physical jail and not actually changed. It's to liberate us psychologically, politically, journalistically to expand the scope of public conversation. But I can't believe the number of mainstream media who said, no, no, he was literal. He literally said he was coming to invade us. That's why Tucker did those little videos before he came. Remember this one? Thank you for your call. You have reached the media line. For all urgent requests, please send your request by email. Merci pour votre appel. Vous avez atteint la ligne médiatique. Merci beaucoup. Yes, hi. I, I couldn't understand the French part, but it's Tucker Carlson calling from the United States. And I'd be grateful if you pass a message on to the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. We are coming to liberate Canada. We are coming to liberate Canada. And we'll be there soon. 
Merci. Well, as I mentioned to you the other day, Premier Danielle Smith of Alberta and Tucker talked about a number of things. And Danielle Smith said her purpose was to take advantage of Tucker Carlson's big audience to make the case for Alberta. And she, she certainly did. And one of the things she said is what she's been saying for months now, that Stephen Gilbo, the former convicted criminal who's now Justin Trudeau's environment minister, is an extremist kook. Um, here's Danielle Smith talking candidly about that with Tucker. Do you know much about Stephen Gilbo? I don't know if I've ever heard of him. I'm, I'm wanting to learn less, just by your description. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find so offensive. I mean, you talk about... Uh, the disrespect to our province. This is a guy who is an environmental advocate. He's best known for scaling the CN Tower in opposition of fossil fuels when he was working as an environmental advocate. But he also scaled the house of our premier. So he's a rock climber, not an engineer. He said maybe he'd be better at that. But imagine that. Imagine somebody going and taking a criminal offense, going onto the roof of a premier, that they make that person in charge of trying to dictate to us how to pull our resources out of ground and how to manage our natural resources, how to how to manage our electricity grid. That's what Justin Trudeau has done. So I'm trying to get him fired, and I would love your help on that. Yeah! That's pretty normal talk, pretty normal banter in politics. But oh my God, did the Trudeau liberals go berserk over it? And again, I, I think that a lot of this is fake. Um, a lot of this is crying wolf on purpose, but knowing that their submissive colonized media will run with it as if they were serious. Four cabinet ministers went out to scrum a press conference about Tucker Carlson and Danielle Smith. I'm not sure what the federal interest is at all, uh, Danielle Smith being a provincial premier, um, but apparently this was more important than, for example, the United Kingdom abandoning the trade agreements, uh, negotiations with Canada, the terrorist attack in the Edmonton City Hall, or any of half a dozen other matters. This was the most important thing for four cabinet ministers, let alone the federal court ruling. So let me show you uh, some of that astonishing four cabinet ministers scrum over what a journalist said to a provincial premier. It's just bizarre. Um, they were trying to play the hurt feelings card, and they were trying to claim that um, Tucker Carlson and Danielle Smith made violent threats. Here, you heard what Tucker and, and Smith said. Now listen to how the liberals described it. So I, we're here, I'm here with my colleagues, liberal caucus members, ministers all, to talk about what happened last night in Edmonton when the premier of the province of Alberta, Daniel Smith, invites Tucker Carlson right into the heart of my writing. You can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep. And I have knocked those doors in Edmonton Centre. And I know how progressive a riding Edmonton Centre is. I've represented it since 2015. And for Danielle Smith, to bring the mouthpiece of the mega conservative far right to Edmonton Center to spew hate about LGBTQ2 people is beyond the pale, it's deplorable, and we won't stand for it. And I can tell you, it is completely unacceptable for the premier of any province 
to say that she wants to put a target on the back of any Canadian politician and my friend and colleague Stephen Gilbo simply for doing his job. You can have respectful discourse in this country. You can raise the issue. You can bang your fist on a table at a FedProv meeting. That's all legit. But you do not summon the dogs of MAGA conservatism to come and somehow scare, try to scare us and to try to incite violence against politicians of any stripe. It's not acceptable. And if she would take her job seriously, she'd actually be focused on housing, on climate change, on actually solving the issues of Albertans, like forgetting her ridiculous proposal on CPP, instead of trying to summon uh, evil forces from the United States to try to take on one of our colleagues. I, I mean, this goes beyond me and the fact that I was targeted last night at, at this event. This increases political violence against everyone who runs for office in this country, whether they're doing it at the municipal level, at the provincial level, or at the federal level. As my friend and colleague Randy said, like we can have differences of opinion. We can bang our fist on, on the table when, when we meet. We can have strong disagreement. But, but, but to, to, to incite violence against people who disagree with you, that's not how things should be done in can Canada. Can you clarify what is the violence? What is the violence? That I think the minister also said this in French. What is the violence that they are bringing to Canada? What is the political violence that you're talking about? Just to be very clear. Well, to put to, to put a, a target on on someone's back, for example, to name what is well, the evil, to put what someone is the evil in crosshairs. That you say they're bringing here. I mean, uh, spewing hate speech about LGBTQ people, trying to bring the kind of division that they have in the United States north of the border. Um, MAGA-style conservatism has no place in Canada, and it's trying to reach into through our borders. And as Minister Rodriguez has said, conservative premiers, instead of doing their jobs, are trying to invite this wave of populism. And I can tell you, it's making newcomers nervous and fearful. People in the LGBTQ2 community do not feel safe. We have people who want to run for office that take a look at what happened last night in Edmonton and say, why bother? And that is not good for the political commons. And it's not good for Canadian democracy. You brought up you brought up Pierre Polyev's name in your comments. I mean, is this going to be your effect, your strategy effectively well, going forward? Is tying Pierre to be, Polyev to Trump? He wants to be prime minister of this country. These what happened last night is not acceptable. Is he going to condemn that? If he wants to run for prime minister, he should have the courage to condemn those. It's not acceptable. So no is that going to be your strategy? Or I, I mean, what do you make of the fact that there is an audience for it and for for their perspective? Well, as, as I said in French, the extreme right po po politics, when, don't ask the question if it's coming to Canada. It's already here. Is this and they're bringing it. Should he not have been led into the country? Last question, You're all familiar with his rhetoric. He's been doing this for years. So... What, should he have been stopped at the border? I think he, his word should be condemned. We cannot accept that in Canada. This is not us, and it's, this will never be. This will never be us. Are you not contributing to the divide by coming out here and comparing Polyev to this and making this about him? Are you not contributing to the divide by doing that? If your government has been accused, we're not, we're not comparing Polyev to him. I think what, what you're my, not. Have you looked at your own advertising from Mr. 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 What Mr. Rodriguez just said is he said I I I I'm, I'm asking Pierre Polyev, the leader of the opposition, yeah. to condemn those hateful and violent Absolutely. statement by, by by Tucker Carlson. Yeah, that that's just not what happened. I mean, I was there, at least for the Edmonton speech, and I watched the Calgary speech, and I watched Danielle Smith and Tucker Carlson, and they didn't make any violent threats whatsoever. It was a bizarre attempt to try and put that discussion around the neck of Pierre Polyev and 
convince the media that there was violence. Like it was just so much, well, to use a liberal word, misinformation. Uh, but of course it worked with Trudeau's base, which these days is really just CBC journalists. The CBC was right there on cue. Here, take a look at this. I'm just going to read the headline. Liberal ministers blast Alberta Premier Danielle Smith for hosting Tucker Carlson. Do not summon the dogs of MAGA conservatism to try and scare us, liberal cabinet minister says. Okay, well, first of all, you just call people a dog, so stop your division, stop your violent language. Does, and here's my point. Does anyone actually think that those cabinet ministers are scared? Or do you do you believe that? Or do you know that they're just being falsely alarmed? Um, yeah. yeah. Here's the CBC's report. Smith's comment was interpreted by Boissonneau as a call for violence, an attempt to summon evil forces from the United States to try and take on one of our colleagues. But but was it really? I mean, was it really? Or are you just lying and the CBC being good stenographers? I mean, are the CBC real reporters? Like, would they ask, are you serious? Are you acting? Are you crying wolf? Don't you think this fake reaction undermines any real claims of, you know, violence? No, because they're government journalists on a mission to support their boss, and they're terrified that Pierre Polyev, if he becomes prime minister, will defund them. Never, ever, ever, ever trust the CBC. They are liars, and they are conjoined with the Liberal Party. Now, it was the same in Alberta. I showed you what happened in Ottawa. But look at this little <laughs> press conference of some journalist. I'm not sure who this female journalist is, trying to tell the Premier of Alberta who she can and can't talk to it. I thought Danielle Smith's answer was pretty good. Here, take a look. I do want to ask about your attendance at both of Tucker Carlson's events yesterday. This is somebody who has been accused of defending white supremacy, spreading misinformation about the war in Ukraine, as well as making disparaging remarks about women. So why did you believe that this is someone that you should be giving time and attention to? Well, I, I t take a wide range of media requests. I've done, I've been told by my staff, 96 individual media events uh, or uh, interviews since I got re-elected, 24 press conferences. And I don't require, I don't do a screening test to make sure that every person that interviews me matches 100% of what I believe. And I don't expect that I'm, that they're going to, that, 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 that would be an appropriate thing to do. So I take a wide range of interviews from CBC all the way through to alternative media, because my job is to get our message out about Alberta. And I told everyone that I wanted to make sure that somebody who has a very loud voice in America knew that we were a partner in being able to provide energy security and energy affordability. And I got that message out. And of course, uh, in Calgary, the CBC reporter, uh, Markisov, had the same thing to say. But imagine the chutzpah. Imagine coming from the CBC, the network of Jeanne Gomeshi, you know, the serial abuser of women, or the, the network of Nora Lurito, that disgusting, macabre necrophile. And, and all the freaks at the CBC, imagine if Danielle Smith actually put uh, the CBC proposal into effect and did a deep audit on the morality of any journalist who went to interview her. If Danielle Smith actually took the CBC up on their suggestion and vetted any journalist uh, in advance 
uh, before talking to them, she wouldn't talk to anyone from the CBC. It's it's a gross place. I mean, if you recall the story of Gian Gameshi, a serial predator who used the CBC as a way to be a predator on young interns and audience members. Like he he turned the CBC into this grooming industrial factory uh, to convey or belt young women to him for physical abuse. I mean, how could the CBC possibly tell with a straight face the Premier of Alberta, oh, what are you doing talking to the, to that journalist? Sure, with the CBC, you were dirty from from original sin. You're a government institution, so gross. Uh, the CBC had a power panel, if they do say so themselves, uh, on the subject, and and I watched it, and I don't recommend wasting your time. On these power panels, they usually have a token conservative, but in this case, they had James Moore, the former uh, a minister under uh, Stephen Harper, who was the minister in charge of the CBC, and he failed in his mission to privatize or defund or shut down the CBC, and I, I think the CBC are eternally grateful to him, so they give him these gigs, and I'm sure they pay him. Um, I don't think James Moore is a politically relevant force anymore. Uh, he's kept relevant by the CBC because he's the perfect conservative in the minds of the CBC since he will attack Tucker Carlson. And, and let me show you a little bit of that. So this is a panel discussion with a whole range of opinions from I don't like Tucker Carlson to I hate Tucker Carlson. Just listen to James Moore, the conservative, for a minute. James, you were kind of dismissing this attack by the liberals um, uh, today in, in an earlier segment. What do you make of her comment about putting the crosshairs on Stephen Gilbo. I mean, the liberals have compared that to inciting violence. How do you view what she said? I mean, dismissing, I think, the political impact. But look, I grew up in the 1990s in the conservative movement where Tucker Carlson was kind of normal. And he has wandered so far away from that. You know, 80% of what he says is sort of perfectly fine political commentary. It's the other 20%. You know, he's become a mouthpiece for Vladimir Putin. He's become an extremist advancing things like uh, advanced or, or uh, race uh, replacement theory and some really bizarre views. Uh, even at this event, you know, he, he sort of made a really ugly shot uh, questioning the or challenging the Prime Minister of Canada's uh, sexual orientation in a pretty crass and dumb way. Um, you know, Tucker Carlson, and the thing about Tucker Carlson is he knows he's doing this. Uh, he's mm -hmm. not just sort of a random conservative. He, he, you know, we know from the January 6th uh, and, and the lawsuit uh, against uh, Fox News and their and their support of the uh, uh, conspiracy theories around the voting in the, in the 2020 election campaign that Tucker Carlson doesn't like Donald Trump, doesn't believe in Donald Trump, but he goes on the air and he's Donald Trump's biggest spokesperson because there's money in it for him. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty cynical guy who advances some really ugly views in exchange for cash. Um, and he, he's, he's not a credible person anymore. He used to be years ago. And so he's become this sort of, you know, bizarre caricature of of what sort of a right-wing person, uh, you know, would be. And he's making a lot of money doing it. So I'm frankly surprised that the Premier of Alberta would share the stage with somebody with of, of, you know, his character and reputation. He was fired by Fox for lying uh, and in and, and part of the lawsuit that Fox had to pay over $750 million in compensation to Dominion uh, voting for. And, um, you know, I, I just think he's a very dodgy person. And and I think the Premier of Alberta should know better than to share the stage with him. Yeah, that's sort of pitiful. I'm embarrassed for James Moore and the CBC. You know, it's been a, an astonishing week. It started with a surprising ruling from the federal court that found that the federal government had used violence illegally 
to crack down on Canadians, to deploy riot horses, to jail people, to seize bank accounts, and it was all illegal, all unconstitutional. And in that week, the same government accuses Tucker Carlson and Danielle Smith of violence, and the CBC went along with that. Unbelievable. And to send out in that pack of four cabinet ministers, two criminals to do it. Pablo Rodriguez, who, who's a drunk driver, and Stephen Gilbo. I, don't, I, mean, I just want to remind you, Stephen Gilbo didn't just break into the CN Tower and, and stop traffic and endanger people and rappel down in some Greenpeace stunt. Far more terrifying, as Don Braid, the uh, Calgary Herald columnist, has uh, demonstrated. When Ralph Klein was the premier of Alberta, his wife Colleen was at home in Calgary. So Ralph was up there in Edmonton. And this was before you had huge security everywhere. So you could walk to the premier's house. And what Stephen Gilbo did is he went to the house when Ralph, Premier Ralph Klein was away. So it's just the premier's wife in the house by herself. And this maniac, Stephen Gilbo, gets a ladder and goes and trespasses, doesn't knock on the door, doesn't ring the doorbell, just shows up and goes on the roof of her house for some solar panel stunt or something. Can you imagine how terrifying that is? This bearded, wild-eyed, crazy, serial criminal is on your house. Is he going to come in and assault you or rape you or rob you? Oh, no, he's just doing a stunt. Okay, good. Well, he's just trespassing and terrifying the living daily. That is the thug that's out there talking about violence. You guys are being mean. Just so, so gross. You have the federal court ruling of the terrorist in Edmonton. You have the United Kingdom ending the free trade negotiation. You have disasters everywhere. And here the liberal move is to plead for civility. Hey, guys, please be civil like we are. No, they weren't actually pleading for civility. What they were doing is that they were trying to criminalize and, and declare peaceful criticism from journalists and politicians as violence. They do that again and again. I don't know if you remember, but the censorship bills that are being pushed on, on journalists in Canada, they were drafted by Gilbo when he was the head of uh, the Heritage Department. And you'll remember what Gilbo said. One of the explicit purposes of his censorship bills was to stop people from peaceful criticism of politicians like him. Remember this? We've seen too many examples of public officials retreating from public service due to the hateful online content targeted towards themselves or even their families. That's how gross the liberal government is. The faster we can get to an election, the better. Stay with us for more. Hey, did you know there was a terrorist attack in Canada the other day? Like, for real, an Islamic terrorist attack by an Islamic man named Bezani Sarvar. He hasn't been convicted yet, but he's been charged. And frankly, more to the point, he's confessed. Here's a video he recorded from his car where he talks about a number of issues. It's a bit of a mishmash, but he makes a reference in Arabic and he talks about how others will follow behind him. And he very specifically talks about the genocide in Gaza. Here's the confession, and then we'll look at the attack. 
سلام وطن دارم میفهم که گپ کلگی میفهم هم بازم باید یک از بودم brothers and sisters um, before I do my mission I want you all to know that I am NOT a psychopath I do not believe in bloodshed I am NOT one of these monsters that hurt children that hurt innocence and that promote wars or uh, the civilization of our society I'm just tired of seeing the tyranny and corruption taking over our society and our lives leaders officials and anybody that has hands into this um, corruption into this genocide that's going on in Gaza and throughout the world anybody that is uh, destabilizing other countries hurting their community uh, what do you call should feel ashamed of themselves and inshallah we will rise against you guys and we'll put you on trial sisters inshallah will I'll succeed with my mission if I don't succeed I know somebody else will succeed for me assalamu alaikum so that's what he said and here's footage of him shooting up the place <laughs> What's most astonishing is that this just happened. And I put it to you that this has been buried in the news if it's been covered at all. We have an Islamist confession and then an attempt to murder, an attempt to kill, and crickets. Joining us now to talk about it is one of the few reporters in this country who has not buried the news. His name is Joe Warmington. He writes for the Sun chain of newspapers. He's based in Toronto. Joe, great to see you, and thank you for being one of the few journalists who's actually covered this story. What do you think is, first of all, let's talk about the attack, and then let's talk about the media coverage. He's a Muslim man who says some Muslim things. He he, he talks uh, briefly in Arabic, and he refers to Gaza. He talks about other things, too, to be sure. I think it's fair to say that this is terrorism, politically motivated violence, and I think it's fair to say it's Islamic yeah. terrorism. The man himself is Muslim, and he refers to a Muslim issue, uh, Gaza. What do you think? Well, I definitely think all of that, and you know, because that's exactly what happened. The, the story of what happened is not really the issue. It's how the political class and also the media chose to, you know, find another way of describing it at, at best, and in, in, in some cases covering it up at worst. And, you know, it reminds me, Ezra, of the different attacks that I've covered, and we both have covered, like what happened on the Danforth here in Toronto, where a guy uh, who had just been to Pakistan had an automatic or a, a heavy uh, pistol that was able to be like semi-automatic. He shot up, killed two girls, and also wounded 15 others, and... He was, I guess he killed himself before we could get the full answer of it. But it was this lone wolf. Oh, my God. You know, it had nothing to do with anything. We don't know. We don't know. Same thing in Ottawa with uh, Corporal Nathan Cirillo and Patrice, uh, Patrice Vincent, uh, the warrant officer, the day before. I went to both of those things. So it reminds me of these things. And uh, we have one in Ottawa this year where a young man uh, was caught with bombs and, and the like, uh, and they managed to foil that attack. So... When they say that these are all lone wolves, 
Uh, I don't think they're telling the truth. Uh, they're saying they're attacked and they're being inspired by somebody. And yet the chief of police at Edmonton, you know, I have no problem with them, uh, Dale McPhee. But I do have a problem when he comes right out and says, you know, act alone and we don't think there's any further danger. They have no idea how close there was to being one of the worst things in history of Canada. He went into City Hall. There was a council meeting on. The mayor was there. There were kindergarten and grade one students in the building. And even if those that say that, you know, he just shot up and shot up and lit a thing on fire, didn't hurt anybody, hasn't covered a stray uh, bullet murder like I have, many of them. And so, anyway, I, I think a long time to explain it to you. This was a terror attack. It wasn't covered like a terror attack. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, he did talk about certain other issues. He talked about taxes. It's true. Um but he's a Muslim man from a Muslim country with a, you can tell he has an uh, Arabic accent or, or sorry, uh, uh, I think it might be a Persian accent. Um, to, we, we need to investigate more. And, and the police chief basically said, oh, no, we know that there's nothing more to this. A lot of the coverage omitted the Gaza reference. And there's a Muslim Brotherhood front group in Canada called the National Council of Canadian Muslims, NCCM. They actually put up a tweet saying this is the alt-right because he mentioned taxes and he mentioned some other secular issue so the pro-gaza lobby group in canada saying no oh, this is the alt-right we have to crack down on conservatives uh they obviously not even mentioning Gaza. just astonishing um if the shoe were on the other foot if this was someone wearing a red make america great again hat uh you know a, a white christian conservative this would be all that people would be talking about in politics, in media, in law enforcement. I don't think Trudeau has mentioned a word about this. Um, he preferred to talk about uh, going to some no. women's hockey game. Um, and by the way, I don't think other politicians have emphasized it either. No one wants to talk about this. Everyone's afraid of alienating the pro-Hamas vote in Canada. You know who would be talking about it if it was someone with a MAGA hat? It would be you. And it would also be me because we don't look at serious crime against our country and our people in our country, the lens. And, and yet that's exactly what you're seeing here. You know, if you listen to these politicians, what they try to push is that the biggest problem in Canada and the United States is white supremacy and far right white movements. Uh, but, you know, when those things do happen, and obviously people are people, we cover it. The difference is that the mainstream media has taken the narrative, which is, you know, from the funder, which is through the federal government, which uh, subsidizes all these media outlets. And you can see the result of that, Ezra, where they actually leave things out. Very important. I saw some of your coverage of it. I was busy covering the Tucker Carlson stuff when this happened. I kind of missed it. And the reason I missed it is because the mainstream media didn't tell me what it was. It's like, oh, you know, maybe there's a, a minor gun incident. And then, you know, I kind of did clue into it. I thought, well, that's bigger than probably saying, but I got busy with my day because the media didn't do his job. Mm -hmm. You did. Uh, I saw some of your tweets about it, and my editor, Jonathan Kingstone at The Sun, he, he emailed me, said, this is a jihadist attack. Mm -hmm. I dropped everything and, and went to work on it, as we always would on a big story like this. Uh, we're just lucky that, that nobody was killed here. Um, the cover-up will continue. We may never get to the bottom of this, but we have got enough out that Canadians know uh, just what could have happened here. Yeah. You know, it's a good point. Uh, 
that um, Trudeau sent out four cabinet ministers to rage against Tucker Carlson. Uh, if only they had 1% of that rage against a, an Islamist terrorist that they do for Tucker Carlson. Um, it's just incredible. I think one of these days, these terrorist attacks will actually do horrendous damage. That absolutely could have turned into a massacre. Um, and especially if it was more professionally organized and planned and had been a group of them. And um, Trudeau has openly uh, called for the mass immigration of, quote, refugees from Gaza. And, and we know from pollsters that 75% of the residents in Gaza are pro-Hamas. So I think it's just a matter of time before we have a deadly terrorist attack. And, and uh, I don't think that the people who are supposed to be on guard are. And um, I don't say that with any, any happiness. I, there's nothing worse in the world than the words I told you so. Um, because it means, you know, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, you're right. We've had them here. I mean, I mentioned the Danforth and in the Danforth one, somewhere on, on X, you'll find my uh, little interview I did with a guy that was basically spared by that guy, Faisal Hussein. You know, the, the coverage that was atrocious, just this, that was really, really a horrible incident. Two young girls lost their lives. Uh, but he spared a guy, and he said, no, you go hide under behind there. And he kept on even for women. And, you know, you couldn't get anybody, the, any of the victims, to speak out against them. I, You know, the work that you and I did at the time, we found out that this, this guy had, had earlier that in Pakistan with his father, we found out that his brother was before the courts on serious drugs and weapons charges. They found a whole cache of uh, weapons and arsenal in the apartment. The parents were never charged. You know, if there was guns in your house, there would be, you know, uh, charges, at least, a, you know, a, a little bit of explaining to do. But everything was glossed over. And then, you know, you don't even see that if you mention anything about that. They don't call it a terror attack. Yeah. And this was a terror attack as well. And I don't I think we have a massive failure, a failure of police, of prosecutors, of politicians and the press, let alone our immigration system. We'll cap it there. But uh, I know that you are the one journalist in the mainstream media who talks about the issues that everyone else is too terrified to cover. So keep up the great work, Joe. We'll continue to read your column. Right there you have oh, it, Joe you. Warmington from the Toronto Sun. And a must-read column, I tell you, especially over the last four months, absolutely indispensable coverage of this war of civilization. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Your letters to me, Bill J. said, It would have been even worse with protests if it was in Toronto. Every single video from the media said the same thing about Tucker, as if taken from a script from the government. Well, you know, I was online with social media and citizen journalists, and it was overwhelmingly excitement that Tucker Carlson was willing to call out uh, Justin Trudeau in blunt language. And sometimes someone who's got some arm's length distance from the situation, has fresh perspectives. And, and by the way, when you have almost 10,000 people in Edmonton and 4,000 in Calgary, that's a lot of people who saw things firsthand. I found it very energizing to be out there. Vula says, Canadians at this point in time need to come together and put away our politeness in order to save our country. Oh, you know what? What, what a refuge of scoundrels to say, oh, you guys aren't, the leader of the opposition isn't opposing us in the right tone. We want to tell the official opposition how they can criticize us 
And if they don't criticize us in a way that we instruct them to do, we're going to call it violence. Well, of course they are, because then they'll ban it. Angel of a Million Years says, Rebel, please invite Tucker to hold an assembly in each of the provinces. Keep up the good work. Well, I'd love to bring Tucker Carlson to Ontario. Trouble is, he's an extremely busy person, and he's got a big speaking fee. But hopefully one day it'll be possible. Well, that's our show for the day, and that wraps up the week. What an amazing week. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm.